1: Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Bad people. Welcome to our show. (laughs) Anyone who want to learn more about how you can grow your profit by using framework. Welcome. Today we're going to discuss a lot more about that. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Lynette Monte, How are you?
0: I am great. How are you, Anatoly?
1: I'm doing great looking forward to the mom In my companies, I'm CEO as well. So I need to know how to scale my business, how to grow. And I have many listeners who have the same goal. So we're looking for ways how to do it better, what to change, how to grow. And uh, I stopped thinking how I can help my customers to increase traffic. I think how I can help to increase sales and results. Lynette, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, because I enjoy reading your story on LinkedIn. I know about your experience, but tell our listeners something that they don't know about you.
0: Wow, there's lots of things they probably don't know about me. So you're right. I appreciate the question because people can always read a bio. It's the things that aren't in the bio that's lots of fun. So let's see. One of those things would be that I have raised two biological children and 12 therapeutic foster care children. And so I absolutely love that as one of those tidbits. Let's see. Another thing that people probably don't know about me is I graduated from high school when I was 16 and went to college. Those are two good ones for today.
1: (laughs) <laughs> nice, nice, awesome, awesome. Yeah, uh, I love your uh, experience in business growth. Uh, Lynette, can you tell where to start, what to do first? For example, okay, I have business, yeah. I want to grow, I want to scale. I know it's not simple uh, because uh, it's not only about me. Many listeners have the same problem when they need to grow to find something else, to change uh, standard approaches. So. Let us know where to start to brainstorm ideas, how to grow a business that exists like a few years.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And it's probably the one I hear most often because we all have great ideas for what we want to sell, what we want to offer. It's how do we grow? How do we scale? How do we get more without spending more? Right. Because that's actually the challenge. And so that's what I would like to encourage people to think about is if you are ready to grow, if you're ready to scale, the key is to grow without spending more money. So how are you going to get more visibility so that more people know about you? They know what you sell. You're selling more products and services. You may need to increase your prices lots of ways to bring in more revenue but the key the biggest key anatoly is not also increasing the expenses because that's where it turns into the wobble that no one thought
1: of-hmm yeah and you know what what I like when you share all these insights your smile you know I think <laughs> you know people <laughs> who don't enjoy the process they're not productive at all you know if someone, uh is so serious now i need to grow my business i need to do many things but but you know you need to enjoy the process if you don't enjoy i'm not sure you can do it for example these people usually work eight hours a day and they are tired (laughs) can watch only tv plus six hours but if you love the process you can do it so can you tell about your positive uh attitude you know mindset how you can set up this positive mindset and yeah love your job because 70% of people hate their jobs. It's a
0: lot. Yeah, that's right. And you can also hate your business. And Mm. I've seen that happen, right? And here's something that I've seen happen over and over. And so it's one of those tips that I'm going to throw in, one of those golden nuggets. Usually when you start your business, you have this great idea of what you want it to look like. But when you start getting customers or clients, they're often not your ideal clients. So you wind up with an entire business of customers and clients that really aren't your favorite, so to speak. But then you get into this place where you can't let those customers or clients go because they're paying the bills, but you don't have time to bring on any more customers or clients who look or act or you know perform the way that you want. So I wanna give a specific example. I don't know if you know how you guys do childcare where you are, but here in the United States, people who have to work, people who have businesses, they have to take their children somewhere if they're not school age yet, right? So I used to own childcare centers and I started the childcare center. I wanted to have school age children, like uh, preschoolers, threes, four and five-year-olds. But the parents would show up and they would have a three year old, but then they'd have a baby and I would say, "Okay, well, I need the three year old in order for the business to start. So I would take the baby. Well, that kept happening. And before I knew it, I had a child care center with infants to 12 year olds, not just three, fours and five year olds. I only wanted to be open from six to six and I was open 24 hours a day. So now how do you shift? from what you needed to do in your business services that you provided because you knew how but it's not really what you want to do in your business right digital marketing falls into that category a lot yes a lot of people will build websites because they know how and it's a good way to bring in clients but building websites is not really their favorite thing to do so now how do you shift from having all of this revenue generating on something you really don't like to do to revenue doing something that you like to do when you're also tapped out of time. And so I want to recommend the word I've used a couple of times is shift because that's what it's going to take. It's like a scale. So when one client is done, you have to stick it out and say, the next client I take is going to be my ideal client. I'm going to say no to any client who's not my ideal client. And just try to do it one client at a time because otherwise, if you just rip the band-aid off and you get rid of all of your clients, you won't have any money. So But you also don't need to keep taking the clients that you would rather not work with. Does that make sense? Because I know for you, Anatoly, you're really in the SEO space and the digital marketing space. And there's so many components to that that you probably would rather not do, right?
1: Yeah, of course, of course. Many things, many things. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. yeah, Uh, I usually learn and pay attention to priorities. You know, Mm for me, it's important to prioritize Things Because if you, you know, I have a hundred things that I can do uh, in every single day. But uh, if we are talking about quality, I can do it like a few things a day. (laughs) So I prioritize and delegate the rest. If I can't delegate, then I avoid. That's okay. I can't do anything. And you remind me my failure (laughs) about, you know, uh, because um, I remember when I started one project because of chasing money. I felt that uh, I could earn a lot of money. Uh, I saw the gap in market and uh, invested a lot of resources, my time, hired a big team. And after three years, I quit. (laughs) I quit and decided I never take this project anymore because I hated Monday and loved Friday. Uh, You know, if you don't enjoy the process, uh, no, no, no not anymore. <laughs> I will not take such project. Yeah. And and you mentioned about this, this shift. Can you tell about practical tips how to make this shift? For example, if you feel that something is going wrong, but you want to uh, move to the right direction. So any tips about that?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the biggest tip really is that shift. And then you just brought up another really good point, which is outsourcing. And and hiring a team. A lot of new entrepreneurs, or in that first, you know, two, three, four, five years of being in business, they know that they really don't have enough revenue to bring on employees, and they don't understand how easy it can be to outsource and to just hire people as you need them. And there's so many websites, right, where you can go and hire someone to Um, You know, just work on that particular project and it be within your budget and you don't have to pay the taxes and all that kind of stuff because they're an independent contractor. That part is really important. And then the other tip, believe it or not, I want to go back to talking about visibility, because the more visible that you are the more people will know who you are, know what you have, and that all by itself can help to decrease some of your marketing expenses. So look at how you can be visible. We help our clients with getting media positioning. We help our clients to publish books and to be best-selling authors. We help our clients learn how to take that visibility and to increase their profitability. And, you know, podcasting, that's another great example, either being on podcasts or starting your own podcast. There's so many ways with visibility and credibility that you can actually get to increasing profitability without spending a lot of the revenue that you are generating
1: hmm. Nice. Nice. Valuable. Valuable. Lynette, I want to ask about customers. Tell your methods, how to learn customers, how to understand their pain points. Because, you know, what I usually see when companies highlight why they are great. But I think customers don't care about that. You know, I often get the request. Please check my LinkedIn profile. Okay, I, I, I do it and I can see selfish profile. You know, when someone doesn't care about customers. That's why uh, they can't grow. You need to tell the customers how you can help support, lead them in the right direction to make them great, not you great. So tell any tips how to do it right and how to learn customers about their pain points.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is my favorite topic. So favorite of all time is customer experience. We often forget about the customer's experience with your business and with you, right? So back in the day, if you will, you know, Anatoly, I've been doing this for almost 40 years. So now I get to say back in the day. (laughs) So it (laughs) used to be that the company is what was out front, that people just wanted to know the brand, the company itself. But now people really want to know who you are as the CEO. Who are you? How do you care? Why do you care? Do you have a dog? Like Those are all things that are important to customers now. And also, how do you make that customer feel? Not just in the moment that they give you money, but I like to say, how do you make the customer feel before, during, after, and long after they've given you money. That is key. So I have a favorite quote. Listen, customer experience is my soapbox. So you shouldn't ask that question for sure. But yeah. I want to say this, this is my favorite quote. And that is when you fail to treat your customer well, you are sending your competition a very expensive gift.
1: Hmm. Nice. Yeah awesome love it love it uh lynette i have no idea how you have 40 years of experience if you look uh, like 25 years you know you're, <laughs> you look so young <laughs> but uh, yeah th- th- that's cool that's cool to have this experience uh, and uh i want to ask about your strong side you know it's interesting i spoke with many great experts Neil Patel, Rand Fishkin, uh, many other great experts, Lily Ray, Jeff Coyle, um, and uh, what they found, everyone has their strong sides. Now, that's why customers love uh, to cooperate with specific specialists. I want to ask about your strong side. Can you tell what kind of difference you have compared to many other uh, specialists online? And I got a lot of requests, you know, from. Uh, specialists, coaches, mentors, uh, business growth specialists, name them. <laughs> they, they write me every single day. I can grow your business. I can bring you $10 million in our revenue yeah. and something like this. So can you tell what kind of difference you have and why you can be better than many others?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. And so the first answer to that for me is truthfully, I see money everywhere. I've always been able to see money everywhere, even when I was a little kid. If someone comes to me and says, I want to sell purple widgets in Ethiopia, my brain immediately sees a mind map of exactly how to sell that thing, how to market it, how to price it, what to call it. I'm just it's a gift. And I appreciate having the gift. sometimes (laughs) sometimes it's difficult because i see people and i just want to walk up to them and tell them how they can make more money not just the money they're leaving on the table externally but i can also see the money that's trapped inside of your company i don't have to know what the purple widget is literally if someone says apple where most people see an image i don't i see a mind map for everything But here's the reason why I could never figure this out. Even as a kid, I couldn't figure it out. But I learned recently that my superpower is this. I am 51% integrator, which means processes and systems. And I am 49% visionary, which is the creative. And so I say 51% integrator, 49% Forty nine percent visionary equals a hundred percent unicorn, and that's my superpower.
1: Uh, nice, I love your superpower. I love it, love it. <laughs> and uh, uh, I wanna ask about your methods, how to transfer data to decision makers. You know, uh, uh, I check a few studies uh, that um, companies usually implement forty percent of all recommendations. For example, if I uh, l- let's imagine someone uh, pay you ten thousand dollars, yeah, uh, six thousand can be wasted. Sorry for my dogs; they usually take part all, on all my podcasts. <laughs> I can't do anything with that. Uh, but you no, know, uh, and t- I wanna ask you how to do it right, how to explain all my efforts and to get okay, not like hundred percent, plus ninety per. Uh, plus plus 90% you know, of all recommendations.
0: Okay. So can you repeat that for me? Because this time your dogs were louder than you, Anatoly. Uh, uh, <laughs> so okay. I didn't hear the question.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, uh, uh, let me take my dogs. <laughs> it's Oh, there one... we go. <laughs> yeah. It's only one way to uh, to get silence and, yeah, my, my main question is how to uh explain to decision makers or uh, companies uh, or to anyone uh about importance of implementation your recommendations because for example if coaches can tell okay i have uh 10 points what you need to do 10 recommendations uh it, in the average, companies can implement only forty percent, like four recommendations from ten. Yeah. yeah, six recommendations are wasted. If we are talking about money, for example, if someone pays uh, ten thousand dollars, six thousand wasted because companies have no resources, money, name it. You know, uh, other excuses why they can't implement. Tell your methods how to uh, transfer this data that uh, companies will implement as much as possible.
0: Yeah, that's actually oh, I love your questions. Thank you for so much. I love them. The the key, honestly, Anatoly, is involving your internal customer. See, a lot of companies, they bring a consultant on and the C-suite sit in their office all together with the consultant and they come up with all these great ideas and they don't ask the internal customer who actually has to implement them. They don't ask The internal customer who really, really knows what the challenges are, because they're the ones who are frontline with your external customer. So if you really want the solution or the intervention to work and be sustainable, right, because it can work short term. But what about two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, you need to one, ask your internal customer, What is their opinion? What is going on? What are the challenges they see? And believe it or not, because they're doing the work every day, they probably have the best solution. Number Mm -hmm. two, ask your external customer because they are the ones that are seeing your company and the services you provide from the outside looking in. And then number three, the C-suite needs to have thick skin because sometimes a lot of times, Anatoly, the challenge is leadership. The Mm -hmm. challenge really is the CEO or the family owned business. It's what's going on in the family that is spilling over into the company. And so that's really the key to not wasting the dollars that you spent on the consultant. And then my last tip, is before you hire a consultant, actually decide that you want to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've been brought in because a company I've worked with small companies. I've worked with big name companies, government. I've worked with a lot of different industries. And sometimes they need to have the appearance of fixing a problem, but they're not really ready to fix the problem. So it's just a lot of hamster wheel smoke and mirrors. The truth is, I'm going to find the problem. It's not going to take me long. And because of my brain doing the mind map thing, (laughs) I'm going to also have a solution. So, you know, you really have to be ready to change. And isn't that the word, Anatoly? So many people are set in their ways of how they've always done it. But we've always done it this way. And I know you probably love AI like I do, right? Oh, my goodness, everyone is in the frenzy right now over artificial intelligence. But times are changing, and you have to be ready to also change with it. And that's the biggest challenge, and that's the biggest answer.
1: Nice. I love it, love it. Yeah, you rem- remind me Bernard Shaw. Once he said, uh, you can't teach someone if this person uh, doesn't want to learn. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you need uh, before asking to decide any problem, you want to decide this problem. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, the best expert can't uh, decide all your problems uh, instead of you. They can lead you to show the right door that you need to open. And uh, it's the same like if someone want to lose weight to learn foreign language, to learn how to play guitar, uh, anything. Now you need to want to do it. Then you can learn from experts how to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Lynette, and I want to ask you about uh, AI. You mentioned about AI. Yeah, Yeah. I, I love this tool. uh uh, i hope robots will not destroy human beings (laughs) we'll see i don't know but before they can do it we can use this tool you know and uh once i spoke with jeff Coyle, co-founder of market news and he told me that um in the future we'll have three companies the first company will implement ai the second will develop ai and the third company will be obsolete who can leave the trade (laughs) so i think Mm -hmm. today It's important to use this tool uh, and uh, to think at least how you can implement and in digital marketing. I don't know marketers who can ignore AI. Probably some can, but I don't know them. Uh, But many niches are still ignored. This tool, for example, accounting. You know, uh, in the U.S., uh, plus hundred billion dollars uh, companies pay for accounting services, but, uh, I spoke with many accountants specialists, including my two brothers. They have high salary and they reply to me. Yeah. They don't use AI. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm interested about you. Tell how you use AI today uh, and uh, give tips to others how to use it in the smart way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love AI. I use it every day, actually. And I've been using it for years. That's the thing that's really interesting is for those of us, I'm a tech nerd. And so I like gadgets when it comes to online widgets and, and apps and all that kind of stuff. So I've been using AI long before people knew what it was. The honest truth is we all need it. We've all been using it. Alexa and Siri and all these things are actually AI that we've all been using and and become comfortable with. We just didn't realize it. So everything from planning social media to planning programs, actually coaching programs. It, I mean, anything you can think of, you can create tables and AI. I mean, it's, it is is an absolute wonderful tool. But I think that so many people fear that it is going to replace jobs. And so what I tell my clients is this, the purpose of AI is not to get rid of your employees. The purpose of AI is to allow a tool to do what a tool can do so that your humans can spend more time engaging with your customers. That's the key because without customers, you're not going to have a business. AI is never going to replace love and compassion and patience and empathy, but AI is the one that can design the process and system that can create the checklist that can do those kinds of rote everyday tasks that don't require a human, it's just machine work. And that's fine. Right. We use a calculator. Remember the day when calculators didn't exist and you had to use paper and pencil in order to multiply and add and divide. Well, when a calculator came, it didn't get rid of accountants. It made accountants more efficient because now instead of an accountant having to do addition and subtraction and multiplication and fractions by hand, they can use the calculator and they can spend more time looking for ways to save your company money. Well, it's the same thing let your humans now switch into roles in the company that's going to bring in more customers and give your company more visibility and credibility. Don't fire your team or your staff thinking that AI is going to replace them because that's not going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think you know I think AI can replace some people who have time to complain about AI. So (laughs) if you have time only to think how to adapt, how to improve results, because, you know, when I speak with experts, I can see they are excited about AI. Most of them are excited. They understand how this tool can help them to get more results. But if people complain that AI can replace them, yes, AI will replace them. Because, (laughs) you know, it's automation. You know, it's automation, it's uh, just another great tool. And that's great that we have this tool. And uh, yeah, I, f- I think uh, the future will be great. Uh, but you need to think how you can implement and use AI. For example, I never use AI to generate com- uh, text. I-, I don't do it. But I can feed AI with the right data uh, and edit all this text. I-, I often do it. And we got mentioned on CNN, Business Insider many other great resources because of editing our data in AI. So we fit AI with data that is unique. And yeah, so um, many, many different ways how you can use AI. Just yeah. find your way and you can get better results. Stop complaining about AI. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Linette, I want to ask about your resource of energy. I see your smile. I love your smile. You know, you look great. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that was my mistake to uh, give you 25. You look like 20 years, you know, like in college, you know. So uh, tell your method to get this energy from this environment, uh, to stay positive, to uh, bring this, uh, I don't know, energy to me, to my audience. Uh, any tips about that?
0: Yeah. um Well, you know, I I have this saying right now about being happy, healthy and wealthy because we tend to, especially as entrepreneurs, we spend so much time and energy hustling and grinding to build the business. And then you get to a certain point in life and you realize that you're not happy. And your body is not healthy. And so a couple of years ago, I really realized, okay, wait, now this doesn't make sense. You know, I I just turned 58. And so it's really about taking care of me. It's Mm -hmm. about, see, listen, did you hear that? Perfect perfect timing, Anatoly. That's my alarm telling me Mm -hmm. that it is time to take my vitamins. So- Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. I take my
0: daily vitamins. I meditate. I, you know, walk. I try to just really do things that are not always sitting in front of the computer because you said it when we first got on. When you're an entrepreneur, you can find yourself sitting here 10 and 12 hours a day working on something. And I love what I do. And so even though I have a team, I'm always looking for another tool or gadget to play with. And so that really is, it's its finding a way to really love what you do and not just do it because you have to or because you can. Because a, a, a business can really turn into a job, right? We talked about that a little bit earlier. So that's really, I think, the secret. Oh, and of course, get lots of sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice. Awesome. Awesome tips. Love it. Love it. I couldn't agree more. And uh, a few days ago, I spoke uh, with my new friend. And he told me uh, he's like 47 years old. And, you know, it's interesting. He doesn't earn a lot of money. Uh, and he's far away from that. Uh, I, I don't want to share his salary, but it's low compared to the average price. But for me, it's hard to find more happy man than uh, this man, you know, because I don't know, wow, how, but he has this positive mindset. Uh, He enjoys his job. Uh, And uh, he always shares that he has very successful business, very successful. It's not millions. It's not even 100K, you know. But it's mindset, you know, <laughs> and I met a few people who can earn millions, uh, but you no, know, they're so, uh, I don't know, like so serious. Uh, don't think about anything else. I don't know. I don't want to be like this because uh, it's far away from happiness. Yeah. And Lynette, I want to ask about mistakes. You know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes, yeah. some terrible some not, some slight mistakes, but I can learn from them. I'm lucky that I have two hands, two legs to go ahead. Uh, So tell common mistakes that companies still do and your tips how to avoid them.
0: Yeah, yeah, we all make mistakes. And actually, it's a good thing because you're right. We learn from them if we decide to do that, if we choose to do that. Um, So one thing I want to I want to just add to what we just finished talking about, the mindset, because that really is important. We actually have a brand that's called It's About Mindset. And so you are so right when you talk about the importance of mindset and that really connects to the question that you just asked regarding those mistakes and how to avoid them. I, so I don't even think that it's so much about avoiding mistakes because if you don't make the mistakes at all, then you'll have this false belief that everything you do is right and that everything you do is gonna work. And the day that it doesn't, that's when it, you know people tend to, I don't wanna bring it up this way, but they they make choices that are worse Mm-hmm. Then the mistake. Right. <laughs> because yeah. they didn't understand that a mistake is just temporary. You have yeah. another day, you have tomorrow, you have later, you have a, a minute from now in order to make a different decision. So when it comes to mistakes, just number one, understand that they are going to happen. That's that. Number two, take responsibility for the mistake because a lot of companies will make a mistake, like breaching of confidentiality, and they'll try to hide that. And then when the world finds out, now it's a big thing. So if you've made a mistake as a company, go ahead and just confess, like stand up and say, this is what happened, we apologize, we didn't mean it, you know, this is what we put in place so that it will not happen again. And then actually put processes and systems in place, put those checklists in place, have someone like me come in and do a profit finding audit at least once a year so that we can find the mistakes that you're not looking for. That's one of the other challenges I see is that when you're in your company every day, you see what you see, you do what you do. But you aren't realizing all the little cracks and all the little things that are starting to break and get a little wobbly because you're paying attention to what you notice. When you bring someone in who doesn't know your company at all and they're able to look at it with fresh eyes, they can see things that are challenging. They can see things that are about to break, like when you take your car to a mechanic. Right. You take the car to the mechanic because you need to get an oil change. But when they do the oil change, they find all these other things that you didn't know were wrong because you don't know cars and you weren't paying attention to all that. You were just trying to get some oil. So it's really important to have an internal plan for your team, your your, um, employees checking things and following processes, but it's also important to have an external fresh eyes that you can have come in. That's why we all have accountants, right? That's why your brothers are in great businesses because we need those accountants to check our books and to make sure that we're doing everything right so that we can submit that information to the powers that be and not have any problems. It's the same thing with your business and those mistakes. They're gonna happen. So just expect them, plan for the ones that you can anticipate, and then think of how you're going to recover for the ones that you didn't see coming.
1: Yeah, yeah, love it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, You remind me, Mark Zuckerberg, once he said, the biggest risk is not to take the risk. It's the same with mistakes. The biggest mistake, (laughs) don't make mistakes, (laughs) because you can be genetic. You can not innovate things if you do what everything, everyone does. You are not innovative. You can get great results. Probably you can get some results, but not great results and far Mm -hmm. away from that. But if you make mistakes, learn from them. Yeah. The best resource of knowledge, you know, practice. Practice makes miracles, not books, not... uh, You know, it's like Cristiano Ronaldo. He prefers to hit the ball a thousand times a day than to learn (laughs) how to play soccer. (laughs) So... Oh, uh, Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, I don't know. Any sportsman, they make mistakes in practice. But when the competition uh, comes, yeah, they can show uh, great results. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lene, I want to ask about your experience. Uh, you know, what I found that I usually get high results with clients who understand SEO. It doesn't mean they need to know how it works because especially uh, spend Like in my team, 10 years, you know, to do only SEO, nothing else. Uh, But uh, what I found, if clients understand SEO, we can cooperate together, you know, to get great results. Uh, If they don't, I usually tell them, take my course, learn from great experts, uh, go to Google, YouTube, it doesn't matter. Find the best resource of learning. Uh, Let's imagine you started today from scratch. You're not 25, you're not 20 it's you're 18 yeah. yeah and it's your first day in uh business growth uh uh you wanna learn see your framework so what will you do today if you started completely from scratch
0: if i started completely from scratch i uh, again the visibility is key definitely i don't know if you guys have have google my business everywhere but if i if Talking about SEO in the United States, especially if you have a brick and mortar or a, a physical address, I would absolutely have Google My Business. And then I would really, really, really focus on the visibility, getting on podcasts, getting on, you know, doing um, Facebook Lives, doing YouTube Lives, LinkedIn Lives. LinkedIn audio, anything like that, because Google likes that kind of stuff. And it will help you to get organic visibility, even if you don't quite understand what SEO is about. I know enough about SEO to be dangerous, Anatoly, but (laughs) I do know that visibility is one of the biggest things to help with people knowing who you are because otherwise, you know, having billboards is great, but it doesn't mean that your target market is going to see that billboard. But when you decide to do things like podcasting and um, Google my business, you have more control over what you're saying and what the world knows about you and knows about your products and services. And though it's the consistency, Because a lot of people do those things, social media, and they're not consistent with it. Sometimes we are and sometimes we aren't because everyone gets busy, especially if you're a business owner and you have a small team or no team. But that's where AI comes in, going back to our favorite tool, right? AI can really create a plan for you. They can create your social media content. To your point, I wouldn't suggest that you let it create it and you just go post it as is, but it's a lot easier than looking at a blank screen. You at least have a jumping off point for you to now put your voice to something that AI has helped you to write. But that's what I would do first and foremost. And if that failed, I would just go stand outside with whatever I sell and wave a flag until people come and buy it.
1: Nice. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. And... Linette, I have the final question about uh, the future. Okay. You know, I have my crystal ball, but it doesn't work. I tried it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought crypto, and I felt the crypto will go up. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it went down, but, you know, that's okay. I never put all eggs in one, eggs in one basket, so I'm okay, you know, to, <laughs> to play like in lottery. And uh, I want to ask the, the future uh, of business growth. Uh, many things are coming, technologies are coming fast, Uh, we have AI, probably augmented reality will change our world. I don't know, because Apple is going to launch headset, Uh, Facebook tried to create virtual reality. Many things, uh, yeah, will be, I don't know, but uh, can you forecast the future? What kind of future will be in your vision and how we can adapt today to this possible future?
0: Wow. I love that question. So you're right. I don't have a crystal ball either, but I'm gonna pretend that I do for right now. And one of the things that that I honestly predict has to do with the younger millennials and the Gen Z. They, okay. So some people like to say they don't want to work and I don't think that's accurate. They don't want to work in the way that they've seen Gen X work, which is to slave to the bone at a job that they didn't like working for a little bit of money. And so I think that one of the biggest things companies are going to have to start to do and embrace is working with more contractors because millennials and Gen Z's, in my opinion, are going to really migrate to being business owners, to being entrepreneurs. But they are going to realize that it's not as easy as they thought it was. And so now they're going to be stuck between, okay, wait, I really want a predictable income, but I also want the flexibility and the freedom of this laptop lifestyle Mm -hmm. I hear everyone talking about. But they don't need as much flash as older generations, they'll live in a tiny house. They'll, you know, they they want experiences. That's what's important to them. So they don't need as much money as Gen X believes that they need in order to be happy and successful. So I feel like the, the middle ground for younger millennials and Gen Z is going to be being an entrepreneur, but having government contracts or corporate contracts the thing is the government and corporate has not yet understood how to run an entire business with contractors because they're used to having employees so that for me is the prediction of the future they need to bring in people like myself who can teach them How do you run a profitable, successful, sustainable company when no one is an employee and everyone is a contractor? Because that's a different ball. That's a whole different ball of wax. It how you handle and how you lead and how you manage people who don't work for you at all is very different, and it's not quite the same as outsourcing either. The way that we spoke about earlier. So that's my Chris crystal ball i'm glad we have it <laughs> on video so that when it happens now i can pull this video out and say see anatoly tell them what i said
1: <laughs> yeah nice nice yeah uh, i think you have crystal ball you told that you have no you have <laughs> and yeah i love it so valuable thanks a lot for taking part for Thank sharing you. all this valuable insights I want to tell to anyone who uh, listened to this episode, uh, if you want to change oil in your car, you can find on Google Maps special service. But if you want to change oil in your business and find other errors, you need to reach out to Lynette because <laughs> you can see, you, you Lynette knows how to do it. Lina, tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you.
0: Well, thank you so much for inviting me, first of all. And then second, it is super easy. I am Lynette Monte everywhere, website, all social media platforms. That's it. Or you can just Google me. That's the easiest way to.
1: Nice, nice. Guys, you can find the link uh, in the description below. If you don't know how to use Google, you know, (laughs) Uh, but you can find the link, uh, open the link, uh, reach out to Lynette and tell that you listen to this episode uh, on I miss podcast. Uh Leonard, it's a big pleasure. Love it so valuable. I got your energy. Some part mm-hmm. of your energy. Uh you know, I I I love to get a positive mindset, so I want to fix something in my mindset as well. <laughs> yeah, of mm-hmm. course, I will reach out to you if I need to fix many things in my business. Uh mm-hmm. and thanks guys a, a lot for listening and watching us.